You may be seated. Good morning and welcome to worship this day at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor here and I am so thankful to be with you this, uh, this day. This is the second Sunday in the new year, but it's my first Sunday to be in worship with you all last week. I didn't even have internet access. Sorry, Steve. Um, but, but it is great to, great to be, be with you this day. And, and I'm really excited about this year and the breakthroughs that God is bringing in people's lives in our church and in our community. And let me offer a prayer for us as we worship today. God, thank you so much for the newness that you bring. Thank you so much for your promise of deliverance. Thank you so much that, that you were the one who came in the birth of Jesus. And God, this day, I pray that you release the resurrection power of your Holy Spirit to break through and bring miracles of new hopes, dreams, and possibilities in the midst of this service of worship. For each one who is here and each one who is worshiping online, I pray blessings that we will follow after the ways of Jesus through Christ our Lord. Amen. But, you know, my schedule around Christmas is such a, a busy time. Often, uh, often people take off around the holidays. For me, this is nearly impossible. So I, I try to take, uh, you know, for preachers, um, often once Christmas gets here, pastors will, will take a vacation. And so I want to thank Steve for, for filling in last week, uh, sharing the word and, and leading in worship. And, and, and I really, really appreciate it. Uh, while we didn't get a big vacation this year uh, to go on. My family had some great time together, and I so appreciate it. In years past, my family has used the time around Christmas or after Christmas to take vacations, especially this was true when we didn't have any kids in schools. And so if you're a parent of young children, uh, you may remember the time before you, you didn't have kids in school, and this was could often be a time, if your schedule permitted, to, to be in vacation places that other people weren't. This was a perfect time to go to Disney World uh, before Disney World got too incredibly expensive, but it was the perfect time to go to Disney World because everybody else was in school, and uh, I know that, that we took, a, 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 I don't know, like a four-year-old and a, and a two-year-old to Christmas or to, to Disney World after, after Christmas, and it was just a great time. Uh, uh, one of the times that in particular I remember is we, we traveled to the beach after Christmas and our intention was to leave like the day after Christmas and we had this, this small, uh, small condo that, that we had rented in this small little beach town and, um, just off the beach. And, and Hope and I were sitting around on Christmas Day and we realized there's really no reason for us to wait. So we just left at eight o'clock in the evening. Couldn't imagine doing this now with four kids. Um, a family of six, but but as a family of four, it made sense. And we just piled in the car on Christmas evening. We got a we got a hotel room, and I learned from this is that Christmas Day is an amazing day to travel. Uh, you can't really like not much is open, but nobody's on the road because everybody does like the normal things and wants to spend the day with their family. So so Christmas Day is a particularly great time to travel. And I remember this so well because our oldest kids were younger and we were at this small beach town and we were going to celebrate New Year's Eve there. And, and as parents, like, I don't even know the last time I stayed up till midnight on New Year's Eve. I couldn't even finish the, 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 um, the, the Georgia Ohio State game on New Year's Eve. Like, like I, I went to bed knowing that Georgia would lose, right? And, and if you watch, that didn't happen if you, you watched it. Anyways, um, but, but we took glow sticks and we took, uh, my wife took glow sticks. She loves to buy glow sticks and they just accumulate and I hate them. 
But this, this, this time in particular was great because we went out on the beach. And if you've ever been on the beach at night, you know, you can see the stars. You can see sometimes lights off in the distance and the moon. And, and it was just so amazing to be on the beach at night and, and then see these young children uh, throwing uh, what are you, glow sticks around and, 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 and loving the New Year's celebration that we have. It's one of the memories that sticks to me so well, even to this day. We, of course, aren't the only ones who will often travel around the holidays. I know this year, many people got stranded and had their plans canceled because of Southwest Airlines had, a, had a, some type of problem in, in um, ticketing and, and scheduling and and that's so many people that I know that, that shared that, that their, their plans to, to travel around the holidays or to fly around the holidays were canceled. But, but people, um, people travel at this time. And maybe some of you traveled. Maybe some of you hosted, hosted family. And some will, some will go on vacation. And, and I know that uh, when you travel, you always encounter obstacles and you can often encounter blessings. But when you were the ones who, who are doing the traveling, you often don't think about this, but if you're the ones receiving guests, you know the work that has to go in to receive the guests. In our house, this means that we're scrambling in the hours before, because why prepare, right? We're scrambling in the hours before our company arrives to make sure the sheets are clean, the toilets are clean, and, and whatever presentable place in our house can be put together. I, I know nobody else lives like this, but you know, the, it's like you know, you're, you're screaming and yelling, trying to get it all done, and then when you, when you open the door, hello, it's so nice to see you doesn't happen in my house, right? But, but uh, you know, it's, it's the things that you have to do to prepare, to prepare for, for guests, to prepare for, for, for to receive company. But you can't prepare too well because you don't want them to stay too long, I guess. And then you, you also have to make sure that you've got groceries for the visit and all the things that go into play for this. And so today, as the church celebrates Epiphany, as the church marks the, the time of really the end of the Christmas season, as we celebrate Epiphany, we look at this story found in Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew chapter 2, about some, some men coming from the east, some travelers who came from a, an empire in the east, a, a place in the east, to visit Jesus and his family. To visit Jesus and his family. This Sunday also concludes our, our message series, Carol's of Christmas, and so we consider the beloved, beloved hymn, We Three Kings, that we sung just a few moments ago. This story that tells the story, the song that tells the story of the wise men visiting, coming to visit Jesus. And so as we look at this story today, I want to invite you to consider what it really takes to receive guests. What work and effort do you do to make your house ready to receive guests, ready to, to receive people into your heart? Because this is what this story is all about. Being ready to receive someone that is so, so important. You think you're ready to receive Jesus this new year? So let's take a look at how Matthew tells us the story in Matthew chapter 2, where we read this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in the territory of Judea, during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he, he was troubled. 
I mean, everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He, he gathered all the chief priests and the legal es- experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote, you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are the least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and and found out from them the time that the star had first appeared. And so he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search carefully for the child. And when you found them, report to me so that I too may go and honor him. We find that Herod's being a little disingenuous here. Uh, when When they heard the king, they went and looked the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, falling to their knees. They honored him. They opened gifts from their treasure chest and presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And because they had been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. Now the characters in this story, they are all over the place. Well, you have Jesus, the one born of Mary. I mean, he's just a young child at this point. Uh, then you have the Magi, these strange figures who come from the east, come from a land that is not Judah. You have Herod, who's the king, who you later find has malicious intent because he doesn't want to hear about another king being born because he is king and he doesn't want any, any threats to his, his rule. And you have Mary, the mother of Jesus. What I want you to see in this story that Matthew tells is how everyone is ready to receive the Christ. Everyone is is ready. And that begs the question, are you ready to receive Jesus in the new year? And if not, what's it going to take to make yourself ready? So much of this story is about these mysterious visitors from the east. These mysterious visitors from the east who are following a star to find the king. And and so much of this story seems full of of legend. I mean, it seems so improbable that someone would follow a star and and align it and and, and, and just seems so odd. And perhaps there's some poetic license in telling this story. But even if the story contains some embellishment, I'm so taken by, by actually how likely this story really is. How likely this story actually is if you go back and, and read those that were present around the time that Jesus was born. To understand what I mean, I want to invite you to, to journey with me to the Near East of the first century. You don't get this really from, from reading the Bible, but, but throughout the Roman world in the first century, there was this expectation there was this strange feeling that was present, that this strained expectation that there would be a new one who would arise. And this new one who would arise would become king, but not any kind of particular king. It was really believed kind of universally that the king would arise from Judah. I mean, this is strange perhaps, but it's accounted for by various Roman historians. One wrote of this time that, that there had spread all over the Orient and an old and established belief that it was fated at that time for men coming from Judea 
to rule the world. So there was this belief that, that something strong would come out of Judea and, and someone strong and would rise and could rule the whole world. There was another who wrote about this time that, that there was a firm persuasion that at that very time the East was to grow powerful and a ruler coming from Judea was to acquire a universal empire. And then even the Jewish historian Josephus shared this belief and wrote that about that time, one from their country should become governor of the entire habitable world. So so there's this belief that around the the first century, around the time that Jesus was born, that that those who were outside of God's, God kind of like outside of believing in in, in the God of Israel, and and even those from the, the people of Israel, they all had this belief, sometimes strange perhaps, that there was going to be a powerful one coming out of Judea who would rule the world. You see, when Jesus was born, there was an expectation amongst many that something new was about to happen. Something unprecedented was about to happen. There was this expectation that that one was coming, and, and even one was coming out of Judea who would change the whole order of things. This one would establish a a golden age of sorts, a new rule where one from Judea would rule all the earth. It was a belief that this one would come from God. And so the world, the world was waiting. The ancient world was ready to receive the Christ. Of course, people received it in different ways. Herod received received this knowledge of of this one being born with with threads and and tried to exterminate Jesus before he could really become a threat. And you read about that a little bit later in what Matthew has to say. But even if people didn't know God, they knew that there was something unique about Judea and about the people who worship God. So even if they didn't know God personally, they knew that there was something unique about God and something unique about that, that place in God of Israel. There was a belief that one would come from God. So the whole world, the whole world was waiting. The ancient world was ready to receive the Christ even if they didn't know God. So that's where the, the magi come into play. These are our people, these wise men. This is where they come into play. The song says that they are three kings who traveled so far. And, and really they weren't kings. Uh, we don't think that they were kings, uh, but they were more priests. It's assumed that these wise men, often known as three kings, but these wise men were magi. These were priests of sorts of the Persian Empire. In fact, the Magi, they did come from the Persian Empire, and, and it's believed that at one point in history, they tried to like uh, revolt against the Persians and become themselves the, the rulers of the land. But after they were rebuffed by the, by the Persians, they just became really a tribe of priests. These were a tribe of priests that the, the rulers would, would consult and would try to figure out what God was, what the gods were doing and what the gods were up to. These were priests, these were teachers, these were instructors to even the Persian kings. These magi were properly wise in the ways of the world. They were wise in the ways that they knew the world. They studied what they knew of medicine and philosophy. They interpreted dreams and they looked to the stars answers. It's this this vocation of looking to the stars that brings us to this story of them seeing this bright new star. To you and to me, it it, it perhaps seems strange to look to the stars for answers. 
I mean, it's not something that you and I, I would most likely do. I mean, after all, when you look up at the night sky, the, the few stars that you actually do see are, are beautiful, but, but they're nothing more than balls of gas that are, that, that are light years away. They're, they're just kind of up there, and they're part of something that you perhaps don't fully understand, but you know that there are people that kind of understand it, and there's nothing all that mysterious about it. And even with all the light pollution that we have today from the cities and from street lamps, you, you can't even see all that many of the night stars. It's very rare that you can see many stars. So even if you don't really understand what's going on in the night sky, it, it, it often isn't all that mysterious. But this just wasn't the case in the ancient world. You see, in the ancient world, all people pretty much believed in astrology. All people believed that, that the, mystery, the mysteries of the heavens could be explained in, in the stars. I mean, they, the, the, it's hard to imagine what, what the night sky would have looked like before electric lights, but, but imagine it was vastness. You felt so small as you, as you saw the, the galaxies and everything kind of just exploring and exploding before your eyes. But all people pretty much believed that they could tell the future, that smart people could tell the future from the stars. There was this belief that the stars, they had a certain constancy about them, that they were predictable in ways. And, and so if you watch closely and you listen for the answers, that, that you could find the answers to questions that plagued humanity. And since the course of the stars, they were constant through the years, they moved and changed in particular patterns, those that studied their past could spot the anomalies. So when something strange happened, they could spot the anomalies and know that something was not right. When there was anomaly, some, some unique phenomenon, it, it really would look like the gods or, or God was doing something new, was breaking into the established orders because these mysterious things in the sky were changing in ways that you knew just did not happen in nature. Think about if you looked up at the night sky each and every night. Every night, instead of looking at TV or, or reading a book, you looked up at the stars. You began to see where they were and how they moved. And you would rely on the stars to guide your way. Perhaps counted the stars even to fall asleep. And then all of a sudden, a comet begins to form across the horizon. You hadn't expected it. It looks like something you've never seen. A, a streaking ball of light that's there for, for days and perhaps even weeks. You've never seen it before. It's unique. And so you imagine God must be up to something new. God must be doing something. God must be breaking into this world in a new way, in a way that we just aren't sure. There's no other explanation. So Matthew says, this is why the Magi traveled from the east. They saw a star. They saw some type of astronomical anomaly. And it must have been grand. It must have been grand and they knew, like everyone else, that there was belief at the time that a king would come from Judea. So they had this common knowledge, and, and, and then they saw this sign, and so they knew this must be it, and so they went there. They went there. They had this sense that something was happening, that something was going to occur. They had this sense it was, it was God was breaking in, and, and a new king was being born. Of course, there's, there's no real way to know what that astronomical anomaly was that they identified as his star in the text. There are, there are plenty astronomical events that happened around the time that Jesus was born. I mean, Haley's Comet was, 
was visible around 11 B.C. And then around 7 B.C., there was this great conjunction of, of Saturn and Jupiter that happens when, when they kind of when Saturn or Jupiter overtakes Saturn in its orbit, I don't really know what happens. But but a couple of years ago, uh, you might remember that people said the Bethlehem star was appearing because Saturn and Jupiter were aligning in a such a way that made it look like this bright shining star. And some speculated that that this was actually the star of Bethlehem that the that the Magi saw that led them that led them to experience Jesus. But there, of course, were other anomalies that occurred during that time that people could point to as well. While we cannot say for sure what the Magi saw, I think it's safe to say that they knew what they saw. They knew what they saw, and they knew what they saw was something grand. These were people who who studied, who their profession, who their role in life was studying the stars, studying the skies, looking for answers. And in the midst of their work, they saw a heavenly brilliance. They saw a heavenly brilliance that spoke to them in such a way that they believed a king was being born. It was so significant that they knew something was happening, something was different, and this something led them to pack up their stuff, to, to carry gifts along the way, and to go and try to find this new thing that God was doing. And so they consulted those who knew the prophecies of Judea the best. I mean, it makes sense. If you know and hear about the birth of a king and you don't really know anything about it, who are you going to go to? You're going to go to the king of the land. And so they traveled to the king of the land and Herod has his, his best uh, kind of philosophers and his biblical scholars on, on the scene and, and, and they look for this king. And it, it's very clear that everyone involved believes that something is happening. So believing his guests, Herod asked his experts what they make of this. Where the Messiah is going to be born. And we find that the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. Herod, of course, saw this as a threat. But what's amazing is that he, he, he believed. I mean, there's no questioning. Herod believed these folks traveling from the east who knew the stars. He believed that they were right and they knew something. And so they cons- consulted the text. They were waiting and ready to receive the Christ. They wanted to be ready. Herod didn't want a new king, but he took this stuff seriously. And then when we find that the Magi make it to Bethlehem, they are prepared with gifts to greet the newborn king. There's this this meaning and symbolism in this gift. In fact, in the the song, We Three Kings, it speaks of this symbolism. There's there's a couple of verses we didn't didn't sing, but but each of these verses highlights one of the gifts that was brought and speaks of of, of the symbolism behind the gifts and what it means about worshiping Jesus. But, But these magi from the East, they were so ready to receive Jesus. They had been looking for Him since they had seen the star on the horizon, they didn't even worship the same God as the Jews, but they recognized something great was coming out of Judea. So they went there, ready to receive the Christ. And when they arrived to Jesus, when they got there, they fell to their knees and they worshipped Him. And they worshipped Him. They'd never worshipped the God of Israel before, but they knew something great was happening. And so when they were struck by, by Jesus, who was just a child still, they fell to their knees, presented Him with gifts, and they worshipped Him. Perhaps as they had never worshipped before, they recognized where they were, who they were with, and they 
worship Him. They were ready to receive them. They were ready to receive Christ. And when they were found by Christ, they worshiped Him. So my question for you today, are, are, are you ready to receive Christ? You know, the new year is just a turning of the calendar. It doesn't really mean anything, but we attach significance to it. So are you ready to receive Christ in this new year? Are you ready to, to have a, a life that is, that is defined by devotion to Christ and by new things that Jesus has for you? Are, are you ready to, 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 to have a new year that is filled with the hopes and dreams of, of all the years? Are you ready for this? You know, many are still trying to figure out their, their resolutions for the new year. Many are, are considering what they want their new year to be about. So as you consider this, I want to invite you to what are you doing to make your life ready for Jesus? What are you doing to, to be ready to receive Jesus today and, and each day throughout the new year so that you can be one who is filled with His presence, so that you can be like the Magi and fall on your knees and worship Him, and so you can be filled with the new life that Jesus brings. You know, the Magi search the stars. All you have to do is search your heart. All you have to do is search your life. Have you made the space in your life? Are you doing the things in your life that can help connect you to and help your heart receive Jesus? Are you reading Scripture? Are you praying? Are you continuing to pray our breakthrough prayer that is asking God's Holy Spirit to break through in your life and bring miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibilities? I think that continuing to pray for God's miracles as a church each day can help you and I be prepared to receive Jesus. So are you ready? Can you, in fact, receive Him? And my suggestion is that if travelers from a faraway land could worship Jesus, could, could experience the significance of Jesus just by seeing a star on the horizon, how much more? God want for you this year? How much more does God want to pour into your heart this year? How much more does God want you to experience the hope of salvation and new life and continued new life in Christ? So this morning as I offer a prayer, as we move to conclusion of our service, I want you to know that, that you can come forward and pray at these kneeling rails. You can pray wherever you are. If you're online, I invite you to, to, to send a message and, and to to let us know what you're, you're hoping for and praying for this new year, how you're readying your heart and your life to receive Jesus. Let's pray. God, I thank You. I thank You for the story of the Magi. People that were, were unfamiliar with You. Strangers to Your promises and Your purposes, yet they recognize something different the birth of Jesus. And so my prayer this day is that all who hear these words, they will ready their hearts. As the Magi search the skies, they will search their hearts to be ready to receive you, to open their hearts to, to receive you each new day in this new year. May we experience you. May your Holy Spirit move and bring new hopes and dreams and possibilities into the heart of each one, as Jesus promises to do. Amen.
May God's amazing grace fill your heart today. May God's amazing grace send you out to experience a new year full of grace and hope. Experience a new year full of receiving the life of Jesus. May you be blessed this day. and May God's Holy Spirit fill you with grace and hope and truth. Go in the name and love of God. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.